0: Welcome to a dialogue on accountability in the digital age, a dialogue with representatives of a global multi-stakeholder community.
1: And I'm your host, Fritz Wissemacher, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Natalia Furic. Natalia, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Allow me to introduce Natalia. She's the Senior Policy and Regulatory Specialist with the Alliance for Affordable Internet, which is part of the Web Foundation. She's educated as Lowry in the US and is a native from Brazil and at the moment living in Sao Paulo. Now, last year uh, you completed a report on the Universal Services and Access Funds uh, in Latin America and the Caribbean. um, And that was prepared by uh, the Alliance for Affordable Internet together with ISOC. So again, that's gonna be uh, the main topic of the discussion today. Natalia, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you so much for the invitation, Fritz. It's a real pleasure to virtually meet you and to be part of your program. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Hey, thank you. So first of all, uh, what does a senior policy regulatory specialist do uh, within the Alliance for Affordable Internet.
0: Good question. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, well, my role specifically um, is not focused on a particular region. Uh, mm-hmm. We, I cover Latin America, Africa, and Asia, which, and we work with various uh, countries in these regions. Um, it's um, We do a lot of projects and capacity building in terms of policy and regulatory reforms in various countries. We have coal- local coalitions in countries in, in a few selected countries within these regions. Um, for example, we, were, we are working closely with the, the Dominican Republic now, uh, Guatemala, Nigeria, Mozambique, um, Bangladesh and we believe that you can foster um, access and connectivity but we believe that prices should should be affordable and this is done through uh, policy and regulatory reform. So uh, you cannot really um, have universal connectivity, which is related to what we we're going to discuss today, too, if uh, prices are not affordable.
1: I got that. So, and is the making it affordable? Is that also the reason why your organization was set up, by the Web Foundation?
0: Correct, uh, and we do that through policy and regulatory reform, uh, okay. and the focus is. Um, what we call meaningful connectivity, which means that it's not only about providing access, affordable access, but also access that is compatible to what we need nowadays, because it used to be, right, when we all started to be connected, that you have a binary division. And well, actually, that still exists in a lot Mm -hmm. of the international documents. And we're, uh, it sounds like, Obvious for us, but it's not right. The international documents are being updated right now. Uh, we are moving from a scenario in which you had a binary division on who was connected or not connected in in you know the policy targets and so on to okay, what type of connectivity uh, we we advocate for what I I just mentioned, uh, meaningful connectivity, which means that you have to have uh, data that is sufficient to what you wanna do, like let's say attending online classes and so on. You need sufficient data, you need an appropriate device that you should own. Um, And also you need to, have that um, with a, a necessary speed, right? And that should be minimum for the, the, the compatible speed of 4G. So we're not talking that it should, we, by that we don't mean that it should be mobile only, but the speed that is compatible yeah, to 4G.
1: Yeah, you've um, actually, Uh, given us an insight so it's not just about connecting people to the internet but also make certain that they're connected on a particular level otherwise you're still going to have that divide so you can claim oh look i'm connected but if you can't do anything with that compared to the rest of the world uh, it's still not as effective as possible
0: you're precisely uh right and while and i think you're based in holland right yes uh, of course that most people have what we call meaningful connectivity but in uh, the lag region which we're going to talk about today yeah. and other uh, regions it's really common that people don't have for example enough data
2: mm-hmm.
0: and which means that their access is pretty limited and or or for example something else that is pretty common is that they can only ask, access specific uh, applications. That's also not ideal, right? We want people to have access to the whole internet, to any applications, any contents, any websites,
1: it's, not
0: only specific social media platforms, yeah. for example.
2: Yeah.
1: No, I'm very well aware that uh, when you live in a country like uh, the Netherlands, which is ex- has extremely high uh, access to broadband, uh, you have a completely different take on what the internet could do uh, than other parts of the world. So could you please take us along, the Universal Access Funds, um, how old are they and who set this up?
0: Well, in Latin America, the study we have just launched, uh on universal service funds. Uh in these countries they were mainly um they are about 20 years old. Uh they were established on in the 90s by various countries in the region. Um and they are generally have a mandatory contribution from the large telcos and that's how you know the the goes that's how it's funded yeah,
1: yeah. okay uh, so uh, is there any formal connection between your organization and those funds or are you an independent outside entity looking at what's happening
0: no we are completely dependent okay. um, yeah. we we don't have a direct a direct relationship to these funds we 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 are a neutral broker, right? So we support civil society organizations and the governments in the various countries I was talking about. Uh, for example, in Mozambique, we have we were supporting the local coalition there uh, to rewrite the plan of how. They, sh- they would use the resources for the, the fund. So that's our type of relationship.
1: Okay, so it's not just uh, observing. Sometimes you also offer support if they need that. If they need help, they could go- come to you and say, okay, please help us with our work. And by, by the way- yeah. Correct,
0: but we, we generally do that through a multi-stakeholder coalition. So yeah. uh, we do that uh, together with local civil society members local academics, um, and also various parts of the co- uh, the private sector in the countries. And, okay. and so that's how we do it.
1: Okay, now uh, just to check, uh, does every uh, country in the world have these universal access funds or are they more focused on subparts parts of the world? Well,
0: you have, you have this sort of funds for example not only in the Latin America and Caribbean region but also in Africa for example so a few years ago yeah. we we conducted a study on this funds in Africa too for example so okay. uh, there we you have that in other regions too
1: okay so in
0: Asia for example Asia has that too in some countries
1: okay so now you've prepare the report basically assessing what the status of the funds are for the Latin American Caribbean uh, region. Uh, That was published December last year, so it's still very new. What's the overall score? How is that region doing?
0: Actually, the report was just published. Although
1: uh, a week
0: ago or something.
1: Oh, okay. Oh,
0: Oh, yeah. So your content is pretty fresh, very. Um, no, we have been we we have uh, carried the the research out for several months. So yeah, it started a year a whole year ago. So okay well, what was your question, please?
1: Oh, the question was, um, <clears throat> you assessed what the status is. I' just wondering if you could give it a score. Are you? happy what you're seeing what's being done in uh, the latin american caribbean region
0: well it varies a lot depending yeah. on the country yeah. um overall i can say there's a lot to do across the whole region so yeah. uh, the score the score is not that high let's say because okay there's so, so much to do okay but uh, you have
1: Sorry. Uh, no, uh, go ahead. No, uh, no, my, my apologies. Just wondering if you could take us through uh, what the, uh, if you can give examples, or if you, well, this could be, uh, here's room for improvement.
0: So you have different levels of uh, situations, right? You have a few countries that don't have the funds whatsoever or do have the funds, have established the funds but they are completely dormant, let's say.
2: Okay. Uh, uh,
0: so one example is Brazil. Brazil has had a fund for uh, twenty years, literally, and has accumulated has got like billions, literally billions of U.S. dollars. But these funds are generally used for accounting purposes for the, you know, countries. Um, national budget so for canteen purposes not really for the project this is changing there have have been some recent uh legal uh developments mm-hmm. so finally it's it's actually a um, civil society in brazil has been trying to to reach this goal for many years so finally we're we are seeing some improvements so you have a few countries like that that either don't have a fund or have established a fund and are not using it at all. You have a few countries that use the funds towards projects, for example, of electricity projects and not really telecom projects. Yeah. Um, And you have countries that do have uh, a fund and use them, but are not really disbursing the funds as they should. So the disbursed part of it and then you have a few countries that are actually that have uh reaching 80% on or more of disbursements not in generally countries that disperse a lot it's not that it's like the same percentage every year right that can be in a year you reach almost 100% and then the next year not necessarily that high right also that varies a little bit but a few countries um have higher disbursement levels.
1: Okay, um, now, what what do the numbers show you? Uh, is there any, um, uh, what are the interesting um, related numbers you've found so far?
0: Well, I, um, for example, um, Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, uh, Jamaica, Peru, and Saint yep. Vincent and the Grenadines, Yeah. over the past five years, okay. they have at least at one point, over the past five years, at least in one year, disbursed uh, more than 80% of what they were supposed to
1: disburse. right? Okay. So that's... Okay, so... Um, there are Now, uh, these countries, is it a coincidence that they're doing this? Are they working together? Uh, or is it just, it's, it, it just happens to be the same um, uh, countries in that category of uh, dispersing 80% of the, 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 the fund?
0: No, so uh, two answers yeah. Yeah. Uh, for that. That was, that was the... It was our methodology on how to find like, a, yeah. how to approach it. We just found a threshold. Like we selected this threshold just to showcase how some are using more than others. So there, it's not necessarily like the, the 80s, not necessarily like a, a commitment at, okay. that they uh, have,
1: right? No, I got that. question. Uh,
0: and then, yeah. but I'm then sorry. about working together, yeah. Uh, as far as I understand now, really, what happens in some countries in the Caribbean, because they are part of the ECTEL, which is a um, an organi- regional organization, this regional organization has a joint framework. And then, yes, in the Caribbean, some countries do work under a same, the same umbrella, let's say, and then that's more coordinated than yeah.
1: other places. Okay, because I can imagine that countries team up uh, to share resources and, uh, and if they do, are you aware, I don't know if you know, have the answer to this, if these countries, uh, do, uh, are there role models? Are there um, other parts of the world they would look to, uh, to copy that? I mean, is the focus more on uh, the US? Is the focus on Europe or Asia? Is that play is that a part of how uh, they're trying to develop themselves?
0: Well, uh, there is always like ex- some exchange regionally through international organizations uh, that are promoting the exchange of knowledge. So um, For example, you have exchange at the level of the Organization of American States, for example, that uh, brings people together. You have CEPAL doing some dialogues, and then they look at different uh, funds across the region, but also internationally. So you do have a dialogue and exchange of good practices, uh, but in terms of the framework itself, it's from our study, the framework of a few countries in the Caribbean are similar more than others.
1: Okay, good. Now, uh, is there a, I say, an, a a set list of activities where these access funds can be used for?
2: Uh,
0: it depends on the so each country, each country decides right like which what they want to do with the money um we have seen a wide wide range of possibilities in the region many of them really good use cases many good uses but Mm -hmm. not necessarily right so you have a few cases in which uh, resources are being used for purposes that are not necessarily uh ideal not only um Electricity projects are really important too, but of course, uh, if the funds are also targeting uh, the development of telecommunications, they should be used for that. In some cases, you, they're still used for fixed telephony. And while again, this is still really important, but uh, you need to update these frameworks for the deployment of broadband, not only fixed telephony, right? Or in some cases you had um, uh, monitoring systems, surveillance systems, which are also not precisely what they're meant for, right? Yes. But then in the other other hand, you have um, great projects for infrastructure deployment, both fixed and mobile networks. You have um, subsidies for devices, which we also believe it's important, um, public access, telecenters. Yeah. So these are good use cases.
1: Okay. okay. Now, so far uh, I'm hearing a lot of, I would say hardware infrastructure related uh, investments. Uh, now the, the resident data for the Institute for Accountability is also to look how we can close the gap between the, the legal and the regulatory framework with the, grow, the fast growing development of the digital technology. So uh, are, could these funds also be applied to help update, modernize uh, the local uh, regulatory frameworks and the policies?
0: Yes, um, generally, it, they are used for the purpose I, I, purposes I just described. Um, however, we we have launched um, we have developed a study to get for the ITU recently, like okay. about a year and a half ago, in which we calculate the the cost for policy development too. So, of course, the largest amount of, for example, in the Latin American region, it was about. Uh, 50 billion dollars that are needed to connect everyone by 2030 and then uh, within this cost to connect everyone by 2030 you have mainly updating and maintaining the networks although which is interesting because it's not necessarily deploying new networks but updating Mm -hmm. and uh, maintaining those networks Um, but also there is a cost for policy. So that's actually a good question. And from what we have seen, um, the projects using the fund are are really like subsidies and and administrative costs too. Uh, That's pretty common too, that they're used for the agency that is taking care of it. The admin costs are also funded by not policy necessary, but necessarily, but the admin costs. Okay. Uh, liter- literacy and and digital government initiatives too.
1: Good. Um, so a couple of last questions, because I, I, I very much I'm going to make certain that we're going to provide the links uh, to uh, the report uh, when we post this online. So people can look up on, okay, what have you actually, uh, um, Done. A um, couple of last questions. Um, this report. Who do you want? Who who's your audience for this report? Who do you want to read or influence uh, or maybe hold accountable?
0: Well, especially the policymaker. Yeah. Uh, the policymakers and the fund and administrators in every country. Um. And we also believe that it's a a good tool for the local civil society uh, coalitions and groups to advocate for the changes that are needed, right? Uh, I think you were asking about the numbers and I skipped one of the most important numbers (laughs) when you asked me about it, which is that at least in a very conservative, conservative um, calculation, you have at least $7 billion being hoarded or not used in these funds in the region. So uh, that shows that there is work to be done, right? Yeah. And I I think that another issue that this report uh, contributes with is the issue of the fact that it's really common that who has access to these funds, to these resources? The large telcos that are already uh, in general well funded, right? Yeah. The, the private firms that are deploying, well, and they are really important, fundamental, of course. But uh, complementary providers, so smaller and median providers um, or community networks, for example, Generally, in most cases, cannot access these funds at all. In some cases, you are seeing some finally some changes. So, for example, in Argentina, has recently changed their framework to allow for these complementary providers and and um, community networks to have access to these resources. So, going back to your question, is a is a tool is an advocacy tool and it's to help policymakers understand that you know if they have this pressure yeah um tool to help people being connected and and to foster connectivity in their countries and they need to these resources need to be used basically and that's has been uh Something that you know, a sort of fight for many years, uh, but finally you have seen we have we are seeing some progress within the past uh, years, and it's a good momentum.
1: Good, okay. Well, I really then hope uh, Natalia that this report uh, will help um, the, the 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 holders of that fund um, do the right thing with that funds. Uh, use the money which is there, distribute to the organizations who really need this. So if that's gonna be the contribution you're going to have with that report, uh, good on you, I'd say. And so to be honest, it was new to me personally. So I'm very pleased to hear about having these funds and what they're meant for. Uh, Also because you've made something clear that It's not just connecting to the internet. It needs to be meaningful. And you've given us uh, an uh, an overview of what that could look like and what you're doing to make that happen for the, in this case, the Latin American and Caribbean uh, countries. So thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, well, uh, we're going to see the next couple of uh, years, months, hopefully uh, a result of that people reading, picking up the report and reading that. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And well, to your point, I think this besides uh, changing these frameworks, then the projects will also have to focus, the policy will have also have to focus, policy and regulatory frameworks will have to uh, embed the meaningful connectivity thresholds. So that the resources are used uh, at providing this meaningful connectivity, right? And actually, since your um, organization talks about uh, accountability, yeah. I think that um, one of the key takeaways of the study is that um, a lot of times you have the funds... You can find, well, first of all, information is not always how easy to, to find, right? And it's yeah. not always, not always uh, publicly available or it's available um, through, uh, it's r- difficult to reach or something. But then when you do reach it and you do reach it a lot of times, the information, but the there is an information of how we what amount what percentage of the resources were used and for whatever projects or um, you know which goals but you don't really in terms of accountability you don't have uh, impact assessments of this money of the resources so I think a key takeaway is also that you need uh, in most countries uh, more information about the impact of these projects and you know, related to infrastructure deployment or other types of use I was describing. So that's just tying that to, you know, uh, the overall goal of your organization. Uh,
1: Natalia, thank you very much for indeed making that uh, connection uh, uh, exp- explicit because I, I do very much see the link between what you're doing and what we're doing. So I'm very pleased again to uh, have you on uh, this uh, platform. Uh, we'll make sure that we send this to everybody out there. And uh, again, wish you luck. And hopefully a lot of people are gonna read and also react on the reports you just produced. So thank you so much. Thank you.
0: I will. Lastly, we also like to thank uh, Internet Society which was our partner sure. yep. in the study. I should have mentioned that in the very beginning, but uh, they were our partners and we are thankful. So and thank thank you so much to you too. So and have a good weekend.
2: Yeah, thank you. You as well.